Welcome to the Modern Carnivore Podcast, a guide for those interested in hearing more about hunting, fishing, and other paths to eating more responsibly. Now, here's your host, Mark Norquist. Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Modern Carnivore Podcast. We are in episode 48 here. And we are just about to the firearms deer hunting season here in Minnesota, which will kick off next week. This is a big tradition in my home state and something that happens all across the country. But I I would put our hunting, deer hunting camps and culture up against uh, any other state in the country as it's, uh, it's something pretty important and a lot of people consider it right in line with any other big family holidays because it is often a get-together uh, of families young and old. And I'm seeing a lot of new people get out there these days, which is great, creating a lot of new camps. And it's it's something that's really an important part of the hunting culture in North America. And that's why today's conversation is really important because it is with a couple gentlemen that are dealing with something that has the potential to be a real threat to the future of deer hunting in North America. I'm joined today by Dr. Peter Larson and Mark Schwabenlander. They are from the University of Minnesota Department of Veterinary and Biomedical Sciences. And uh, they are also the co-founders of a new company called Priogen. And what they're doing is very much cutting-edge diagnostics when it comes to something called chronic wasting disease. And if you listened to earlier episodes of the Modern Carnivore podcast, including, I believe it was episode 25, I had Mark uh, on the podcast uh, talking about the work they were doing at the University of Minnesota. Also, back in episode seven, I sat down with my friend Lou Cornicelli, who is also a leading uh, scientist in the area of chronic wasting disease. Uh, those will give you some good background on the disease if you want to check those episodes out, and I've got links in the show notes to them. But uh, the work that Dr. Larson and Mark are doing uh, at Priogen is really exciting. And they're going to talk about it today, but it's really cutting-edge diagnostics that is both shortening the time to get results and making the tests much smaller. And... um, this is going to have a really good benefit to hunters, I believe, and our need to really keep chronic wasting disease um, in its place and, and hopefully doesn't continue to grow further and further across the country into new areas. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Dr. Peter Larson and Mark Schwabenlander from Priogen. Okay, today I am joined by Mark Schwabenlander and Dr. Peter Larson from uh, an organization that's that's been recently formed. And this is going to be a, a really good update, I think, from the podcast that we recorded in May of 2021. And I will provide a link to that episode 
in the uh, in the show notes so people can reference it. That'll give you a good background on chronic wasting disease, why it's such an important issue for the broader public as well as especially uh, people who hunt white-tailed deer, mule deer, etc. Um, and so, maybe just as a, as a quick update, Mark, um, if if you could sort of kick things off, both of you guys introduce yourselves and 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 tell me what's what's been going on. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Mark, for having us on again. That's been a little over two years, like you said, since we spoke last on this podcast. And at that point, um, we were talking about some new technology that our lab, our MinPro lab, the University of Minnesota had been coming out with. And a lot has happened um, in that realm in the last two years. And so now Peter and I uh, and our partner, Sang Hyun Oh, have spun out a company called Priagen from our MinPro lab, um, essentially taking that technology and other technologies to get it into the mainstream. So we just had a press release, the announcement that we licensed that technology and other technologies from the University of Minnesota. Yeah, and um, Peter Larson, so uh, alongside uh, Mark, I am co-founder um, of Priagen, uh, which uh, it's an exciting company that focuses largely on uh, chronic waste and disease diagnostics. And we have some really exciting new technologies that we're happy to talk about today and services that we can provide to hunters. So again, go back to, to the listeners, go back and listen to, to the last episode of May of 21, talking about chronic wasting disease. But this is a very serious disease. And, you know, at a very high level, um, you two focus on infectious diseases, right? And then within there, there are these uh, prion misfolding disorders, PMDs, is that correct? Yes, and then, and then one of those is chronic wasting disease. But from a human standpoint, things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and ALS are are within the same category. Is that correct? That's right. Um, uh, the human disease that you just mentioned, Alzheimer's, ALS, Parkinson's, there those are all protein misfolding diseases. So each one of those um, part of the disease process is. Um, if it's Alzheimer's disease, you may have heard of tau um, or amyloid beta. Those are, are misfolded proteins. If it's Parkinson's, it's a protein called alpha-synuclein that misfolds. Um, and that misfolding just occurs and basically it cascades into cell death. So it starts killing neurons. Um, for CWD, that's also a protein misfolding disease. And the protein that misfolds there is the prion protein. Um, and over the course of a CWD infection of a given animal, it's basically a daisy chain process where the, the proteins start to misfold and accumulate. It's like a domino effect. They ultimately colonize the brain and then start killing neurons in the brain. Hmm. Mark, when we had talked in 2021, I believe you had given me the stat that 26 states uh, had confirmed chronic wasting disease disease um, incidents in in cervids. Um, do you have any update on that? Do you know is there is there it, it's more? In it? it is surprise surprise. Yeah, yeah, surprise. I I believe the count is thirty. Now. Wow. Okay. Um, we some some very recent states have 
join the, the crew, uh, unfortunately for them. Um, Florida is probably the most recent one. Um, so yeah, there's every year we continue to see spread, finding it in new places, in new states, in new counties within states. And are, are have there been any new insights over the last couple of years in terms of the vectors of transmission? Uh, I know we talked about direct and indirect. Um, obviously, states like Minnesota here are, are very concerned about it and are putting more restrictions on on movement of servants uh, these days because there's because of the the data that shows that that movement of the animals uh, is a is a high risk endeavor when it comes to this disease. So, has there been any other insights on transmission over the last couple of years? I mean, the answer is yes. I think that still the greatest risk is movement of animals. I mean, whether it's dead animals or live animals, that's the greatest risk. But there's, you know, recent research, um, one of our colleagues at the University of Minnesota in, in work that he did at the University of Wisconsin right. showing ticks is a potential for wow. for um, a vector to, to move okay. the disease again. This is this is research based and it's a, it shows potential. So we continuously learn more about some of those potentials. There's also some interesting research, I think that the USDA did showing that uh, CWD prions that pass through scavengers like a raccoon, for example, those prions that come out of that raccoon are may actually be uh, more infectious. Mm. Um, and so they're the uh, research that's been done over the last few few years is starting to, to hone in on um, the environment, right? How are these prions moving through the environment? What other, you know, Mark mentioned ticks, you know, what other uh, animals are they moving through? Um, and how does that impact uh, transmission? You know, it's amazing when uh, a, a, a friend, um... Ellen Candler, she's been doing research for a number of years on, on scavenging of, of gut piles and, you know, has asked deer hunters to, to leave cameras on gut piles and, and uh, to send in the, the photos. I did that a, a few years ago and uh, it was fascinating to watch it. I had never done that before to see um, the number and the variety of animals that are scavenging on, on that gut pile. And so that's pretty interesting to think about something like a raccoon potentially being a more infectious um, carrier. And, yeah, and not not that it like replicates right and, and causes okay. disease in, in a raccoon, but just that the process of passing through, you know, the GI tract of a raccoon that can actually influence the prion structure in a way. One thing that to that's it's really important um, to understand. You mentioned you know a gut pile carcass. Uh, there is some research, um, it's yet to be published, but uh, there's some research showing that the uh, CBD prions can actually remain in the environment for as long as like 15 years, right? And so that's that's also a big development. And that's very similar to other prion diseases, like scrapie is a prion disease of sheep. There's research showing that can be remain infectious in the environment for like 16 years. So these molecules, these proteins, these exploded proteins, can stay in the environment for a long time. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Okay, so chronic wasting disease, very serious issue. Um, you guys uh, co are co-founders of this company called Preagen, which has a new testing product. So. 
Tell me a little bit about this. Now, Mark, you talked a little bit about this a couple of years ago, you know, in some initial testing, if you will. And I remember red and blue as, <laughs> as sort of the, <laughs> the colors. Uh, so tell me a little bit, you guys, uh, tell me a little bit about what's what's going on with the, with uh, Priogen. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that, you know, we're rolling out Priogen. We kind of have two areas that we're looking at and that the company is providing. One is a testing service laboratory, which we'll talk more about. But to your point, Mark, it's the technologies, the new type of testing technologies that our uh, University of Minnesota laboratory has developed and now Priogen has licensed those technologies. And specifically when in our last podcast, we were talking about the test we call MinQuick. And you're right, it's a, it's a color metric test where we can take a sample um, and and get an answer in 24 hours with ultimately the readout in the end is a color change. And so now, you know, we couldn't, I don't think we could talk a whole lot about the details of it back then because of uh, intellectual property reasons, but we can freely talk about those details now. So is this test, so MinQuick, so, um, is MinQuick what is that the same technology, the same testing procedure, or is it different than what you guys have with with Priagen now? It's 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 mainly the same as what um, you know Mark alluded to uh, last time. Um, but so so MinQuick, and we can dig more into to that test if you'd like. But the reality is, uh, what we've accomplished over the last two years is we've developed other platforms, like other new tests. Um, and new protocols that are really exciting that um, are also part of this uh, license agreement with with the U um, and Priogen. So I'll, just real quick, I'll highlight a couple. Um, we have MicroQuick now, MicroQuick. Um, and this is a, a, a portable, we have a functional prototype of this. It's a portable platform. That one um, is producing results for um, uh, detecting CWD in four hours, right? In less than four hours, and it's in a, in a portable platform. Again, very early stage prototype, um, but it's that is the pathway that we believe is, is viable for uh, field deployable. Um, some people say deer side test, we're some amount of time to get there, but we have the, uh, the technology, right? The hardware that gives us that pathway. So that's a really exciting development. Um, we also have um, uh, a new um, protocol called NanoQuick. NanoQuick. So this is where we use nanoparticles and it accelerates the reaction. So it can take a, a traditional RT-Quick. I don't know if the, if the, if the listeners have have heard about RT Quick. Um, it's like a PCR for for pre-em proteins, and it's a it's a it's the main workhorse of our academic lab for testing uh, for CWD and samples. But anyway, this NanoQuick that we developed cuts the time of that test in half. Right, so we're reducing the time to detection. So the technologies that we have are they're being miniaturized and they're cutting down in the time to detection. Um, and they're maintaining that robust accuracy. And so that's, you can see where the future is going is to get results, you know, faster, 
cheaper into a broader group of, of folks. Many dream of heading west, the direction of adventure for generations. Instead of treasure or fame, today's explorers are more often in pursuit of that perfect riffle on the stream or closing the distance on a bugling bull elk. Maybe it's just the quiet of the woods or the smell of a campfire drifting on the wind you're searching for. No matter the direction of your next outdoor adventure, make sure you drift west. Go to drift-west.com and plan your trip today. Do you foresee um, the future for the average hunter is listening to this thinking, okay, how, how would this actually work in practical terms? Well, in, in the first place I go in my mind is I, I, uh, I envision a, a return here in Minnesota to the old check-in station when everybody yeah. prior to cell phones, everybody used to go register their deer down at the local gas station or cafe or wherever. Um, which had a certain ritual to it, which was sort of fun, <laughs> yep. you know. Yep. Oh, look yep. at the look at the big one that 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 she brought in, um, and so that as a, as a piece. But I mean, do you also foresee the potential? So is that the scenario you could see ultimately getting to? Is these deployable units where a person would go to a some type of a check station to to do a test and then probably get results on their phone? They leave and and then a shorter period of time get results. Um, and or is potentially longer term, is there the potential for like a field test where you don't have to go somewhere where you could be out in the back country somewhere and you don't have to go check in somewhere? There's there's ultimately both. Like you said, okay. there's the there's the and or there's you know, some of our technologies where it can be it could be at a field station and um instead of having all the samples having to be collected and sent to a central testing laboratory that there's these field station test sites closer to the hunter, closer to the sample that can get the, the result faster. And that's more of the MinQuick color metric platform that is, is closer to the market um, than like Peter said, the micro quick, the deer side test, which Ultimately, the vision is that a hunter, a person could have that test in their hand and test their animal, you know, right at harvest or right after harvest and have results within a few hours. So I, I saw on your website um, that I could go, it looked like I could go out and purchase what was called, I think it was Priosense or these are both micro quick uh, and nano quick part of Priosense is that so Priosense um Priosense? sorry so the, this is this is an exciting uh piece of technology that that we've also developed recently um so the research shows that uh once in once an animal is infected with CWD in about 2 months you can start detecting uh those misfolded prions in the saliva Right. And so with respect to the course, the entire course of disease, which can take upwards of like two years, you won't, and with CBD, you may not even see symptoms until, you know, late stage, like late stages of the disease. Right. So, you know, a year, year and a half, two years into disease, you won't even know that the animal is sick, but in the saliva, you can start picking up those prions super early. Um, and so 
with some of our collaborators at, at Creighton University, we've developed swabbing technology. So basically, if you think of a surface that um, a deer were to lick and interact with, then we can come with our swabbing technology, swab that, those samples, that swab is put into a tube with some buffers sent to us, and then we test those swabs. And then we can tell, um, okay, is this, are we detecting these misfolded prions on, on this surface? Yes or no. That is what we view as a real-time herd level, right? Or real-time population level sentinel. Hmm. So with respect to fighting the war against CWD, uh, what we've always said is the traditional tests that are taking like, you know, weeks to get results on these are ELISA and IHC. You're always like years behind the disease, like a year or two behind the disease, just the way that those tests work and how long an animal has to be sick before it's detectable with Priosense and with the Sentinel technology we have, it's the first way that you can actually get a real-time view of the battlefield, right? Where you can say, okay, we're getting positives in these geographic regions. You know, we could put these um, uh, surface, the, it's, it's like steel plates on feeders, swab those, and then say, okay, it's likely that there are some positive animals coming here. We need to come through and, tar and target that area to call. Mm. So interesting. As, as I was said at the beginning of introducing Priagen, we kind of have these two realms. One is the technologies that we see coming out into the future as we develop them further. The other is testing services that we offer right now, including the swabbing technology that Peter described, but also muscle testing. Mm. And, and so right now on our website, you can order a muscle kit. You have, have it in the freezer or you harvested a deer this fall. You can order that kit, collect the sample of muscle and send that into Priagen to get a CWD result. Okay. So, okay. So this is interesting because <laughs> yeah. um, I know everybody's ears perked up right now. I, let me go to the extreme. Uh, if I've got old venison from two years ago in my freezer, could I literally take a muscle sample off of that 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 meat that's been sitting in my freezer for the last two years, send it into you with your test, your muscle test, and you can test it for CWD. Yep. It's the good and bads about prions. If, wow. If, right, if, those, right. if those prions are in that muscle, they're not going away in your freezer or in your frying pan or on your grill. And, and yes. So it, if it's been in the freezer for two years, it can still be tested. And if the, right. there's prions present, it can still be detected. Right. Is there, and I guess the prions, I mean, do you, do you say they're alive or not? Cause like, I guess what I'm wondering is, <laughs> you know, is there a, a level just out of curiosity, is there a level of temperature freezing that you get down to where it kills, kills the, the prion? Unfortunately not. No. Um, and for example, we keep, uh, you know, in, in the, in the research lab at the university of Minnesota, we have, um, we have, you know, CWD positive samples that we use as controls that are frozen at minus 80, 80 degrees Celsius, minus 80 Celsius. Okay. And, and so no, uh, unfortunately you can't, they're not alive and, and freezing doesn't work. And even, you know, cooking temperatures, 
um, above cooking temperatures, that that doesn't work. You, you have to get to some really extreme uh, temperature conditions um, and also some extreme pH conditions uh, before you can re render these things non-infectious. Um, but the caveat to that is bleach. And, and Mark, maybe you can talk a little bit while we're on this subject because um, there are some solutions, right, for, for hunters that can be taken. Hmm. Right, Mark? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it, if it's, if we're talking about the muscle and the meat you eat and there's, there's not much you can do about it being in there, but if we're talking about processing and the knives and the surfaces that, that you're cutting your meat on or processing your animal, there, there is some hope there. Um, the research is showing that of bleach solution. So household bleach that you have under your sink, 50% water, 50% bleach, if you remove most of that gross material, like the chunks of muscle and, and the blood, um, and you soak those surfaces and those tools uh, in that bleach solution for at least five minutes, it shows to, to be able to destroy those prions. So there's, you know, there's ways to clean up your, your surfaces and what you're using for processing your deer um, through a simple bleach solution. Hmm. So what we're we're late summer right now. That's that that is I was just writing that down because that's such a great practical uh word of advice in terms of of you know I think just good safety guide guidance in terms of of keeping everything clean and, and being careful. Um that's one thing hunters can do. Uh what else can they do? Because I think there there are a lot of, you know, especially new hunters who um, are coming to, to the, the lifestyle of, of hunting um, later on. Uh, they're coming to it at the same time we're having these discussions on CWD versus those of us who was hunting for years. And, and so they might be coming into this with a bit of trepidation. Um, and so getting that higher level of confidence, what would you say hunters um should or could do this fall outside of the cleaning tools with the bleach but again is it ordering up one of these muscle tests and is that a, would that be a good a good step to take when you're you know when you're butchering that deer do you have to take a specific type of tissue sample from a specific location or how, how does that work and and is that a good recommendation for people who are going to be in the field I'll speak to what hunters can do. And the number one thing we always say is hunters need to keep hunting. Yeah, and I mean, hunt, hunters are a, a great tool and resource for fighting this disease. So keep hunting. Is is it going to change what you do? Like to your point, Mark, okay, what, what can I do as a hunter if I'm thinking about CWD? Follow, follow the regulations, do what, what your natural resource managers are asking you to do, to do the testing that they need. But also, yes, you can you can clean your tools and your surfaces. I just do it regularly as as a hunter. I just use that fifty percent bleach solution regularly, and then the idea of my tools being contaminated by CWD, if by chance my deer is positive, I don't have to worry about that because I've taken that step. And yeah, people can people can order those kits. Um, you don't need to order it tomorrow if and have it in your pocket for that hunt you can have it pour out the whole fall it's it's a kit that's a, available you can put on your shelf and have it ready um, you don't have to wait till after 
you harvest that deer. Um, and no, there's no specific muscle. It's any, any muscle, um, that's part of your deer. So you could, you could collect it at the time of harvest. You could collect it from your freezer afterward. It's really up to the hunter when they want to do such. And the, the way that we know that is we have, we have, um, positive deer that have come through, you know, our lab where, uh, Mark was actually able to, um, you know, take basically all muscle groups from those confirmed positive animals. Um, and then we were able to go through and test those, each of those muscle groups and show that the test was sensitive enough across them. So that's how we know that, you know, that the location of that muscle sample doesn't really matter. It's just, um, uh, securing that sample and submitting it. But, you know, one thing I want to say is that, um, on the subject of, of CBD and new hunters, and it can get real depressing really fast. Right. And it can feel like there's this mountain in front of us and how are we going to fight it? Um, so, you know, a major reason for us of spinning out Preogen was to, and part of our mission is to fight the disease in new ways. How can we innovate? How can we think outside the box? How can we use the latest science, right? Design new technologies. And we have a fantastic, you know, group of scientists that have come together to work on this to get some wins, right? And to get some hope and tools that we can use to actively fight it in in a in a new way that was impossible, you know, in the recent past. And so, you know, that's our mission. And and we we need to get some wins against this disease and some positive momentum. And, and we think Preogen can do that. Yeah, absolutely. It it is exciting what you guys are doing because, like you said, if if you think about it too hard uh, and dwell on it, it can feel feel overwhelming and, and depressing. And I, I think it is. Uh, you know, I think we've got a lot of things happening in recent years. I would say the alphabet soup of you know, for fishing, it's AIS. For deer hunting, it's CWD. Um, you know, th these, these different scenarios of where there's de degradation happening either at the biological level or at the, just the, the broader environmental level. And, um, and I think it's, it's important to make sure that we keep our, keep our chin up on these, on these things and, and the things that you two and the rest of your colleagues are doing to address the threat of chronic wasting disease is so important because, um, it is something very serious. And so I, I appreciate all you guys are, guys are doing. Um, if, if hunters want to, um, order a kit or learn more about what Preogen is doing, where should they go? Well, we have ultimately two websites. Um, the, the store itself is preosense.store. You want to spell that? Yeah. P-R-I-O. S E N S E dot store. Great. Or, or our main website is preogen dot bio. So P R I O G E N dot B I O. And there's a link to the store in that website also. Great. Well, I, I'm sure people are going to ask questions and um, I hope everybody goes out, takes a look at what you guys are doing at those two websites and uh, I'd love to, you know, have you back on again uh, in a couple of years, if not sooner, and, and get another update on on how things are going and and how the rollout of these of these new systems that are in in uh, initial prototype form are, are going. Well, yeah, thank you so much for for having us, and just to all the listeners out there, just know that 
you know, there's, there's groups like ours um, that are working on this problem every day. Like we think about CWD every day and how, how can we, uh, how can we use the latest science to fight it? And so, you know, as, as we said, pre-agent is the, the outgrowth of that. And, and we hope that we will have that positive impact on that disease. Yeah. Keep hunting, keep eating venison, enjoy it. <laughs> Great. Well, Peter Larson, Mark Schwabenlander, thanks so much for taking some time today to talk with us and uh, we'll see you out in the field. Thanks for listening to the Modern Carnivore Podcast. You can continue the journey by going to modcarn.com.